welcome to the second episode of Performing the Arts. My name is Brian M. Davis, your uh, host for the uh, this podcast, interview show, whatever you want to call it. Joining me today is... Hi, I'm 64-Bit Wanderer, or Blaine Carvalho. Singer, songwriter, producer, uh, extraordinaire. <laughs> it's a jack-of-all-trades, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm talking to a 60-bit wanderer or playing to his um, friends and family and pretty much everyone else. This yeah. co-work is everything else. Uh, I'm talking to him about today about his work as a, well, as he just said before, a singer, producer, that sort of thing. So how did you get into the background of essentially becoming a, a singer? Was it something that sparked you when you were younger or was it something that sparked you when you were older or was it just like a passing hobby that sort of thing well when it came to singing it never really was like my first intention like i got into playing music and being in bands and doing that whole thing by like playing guitar and doing that and i was in a bunch of like metal and like hardcore bands back in the day like around like hawaii and um yeah i honestly did it kind of like on the side because we I listened to a lot of heavy music, but every now and then there'd be something with singing and, you know, learn something on the acoustic guitar and just try to sing. And it eventually became something I got more passionate, like impassioned about, like, as I, you know, got like more and more into doing stuff on my own. Hmm. Uh, so when you got into singing and all that stuff, was there a particular moment or like a particular band song that kind of like sparked that thing or was it like? Yes, absolutely. I, I think honestly, um, sorry to interrupt. Um, um, I would say that it was, uh, Anthony Green, who is, uh, like an alternative music, you know, artist and his singing style and the way that he sang, was definitely the reason why I tried to sing in like a high register for sure. Um, as I got into different music and I got into different things, it evolved and it changed. But what originally got me singing was like a lot of that early, like Anthony Green, Dallas Green, yeah, Alexis on Fire, Seosin type of uh, like post hardcore type of music. And that, that really um, kind of shaped the way that I like to sing and like the melodies that I like to use. Uh, I've heard your music mostly from the snippets you post on Instagram, uh, which I will help you plug at the end, trust me. Uh, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) In the snippets uh, that you post, it does have a very like uh, electronic beat, like almost like uh, not trying to remember, like like an electronic beat. how is like what's the the process of creating those beats is it just like you in the studio for like a few hours or is it just like uh, like or is it like a step-by-step process where you know the beat and it's sort of like when you're writing a song it's like you know lyrics and everything but when you want to know the beat is it just like i gotta take a couple of days to figure out this beat or i gotta take a couple of weeks to figure out this beat or is it just like you know what is your process of actually creating a song because lyrically, it's easy to do lyrics because, you know. Yeah. It's like once you know the beat and the thing, the lyrics come like that. But creating a song from scratch, especially if you're just the, the artists themselves and you're not within the band. Because if you, if you were in the band, 
you would have a lot more people book. But since you're by yourself, I mean by yourself, right. what is your process essentially creating a song essentially from scratch? Um, and that and that depends on like what my goal is. I I do instrumental work a lot of the times too, as well as stuff with me singing on it. And I like to to do both and kind of flex on both. Um, so the process for usually my beat making is it to me it's like finding a sample and find or or making a good beat. You don't have a really good project when it comes to like lo-fi and like hip hop and things like that if you don't. Things don't really pan out if you don't have those things in in check. If you're focused too much on like just the lyrics, if you're focused too much just on like a visual aspect, it does it does show. The music of hip hop is definitely a big big thing and a reason why I do what I do now. Um, so I try to to show that in my production style. So oftentimes I'm doing it just fresh and clean, just. You know, I'll just be like, I want to work on something. And I have my computer, so the studio goes with me wherever I go. Um, and I just kind of put myself into that moment. And oftentimes, it's a trial and error thing. Like, I can get something good going, like, the day of. I'll listen to it the next day and then kind of adjust it. And it will take some time. It is, I don't really have, like, a time limit for myself. Sometimes I've written stuff in, like, a couple hours and my buddies have, you know, gone on it and used it for like their projects and it all sounds great and then sometimes i take months so it, it does depend on like what i'm trying to convey uh, within that so yeah um that, that's usually how i go about it i'm usually just kind of thinking like what am i doing with this this particular project or what i'm going to do i think of like the an idea for like a project and because my character is mostly fictional like i want to make him like a character um, I try to figure out like ways to kind of tell that story that I want to tell uh, through the music or through like you know the concept of an album, yeah. like lyrically. Yeah, okay, uh, I get that. Uh, I mean, I'm not a music uh, person per se, you know. But I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do listen. I, I do listen to music. Okay, I'm I'm just not a musician. <laughs> so yeah. right, right. But I know we talked about like telling telling a story lyrically, but also uh, musically because I've li listened to albums that are essentially like almost still uh, like Dream Theater has their own like every like almost every other album has a theme or a story that is telling between the two between the song. Uh, you know, yes, exactly. If you're listening to Metallica, it might not be a lyric thing. It's just that yeah. They, it just might be a, uh, a lot of these songs just with just uh, different themes altogether. But if you listen to bands like Dream Theater, Pink Floyd, uh, yeah. stuff like that, they have albums that are essentially stories. So what, you, what you're saying is essentially what you're trying to do is like almost build upon that type of like ideology of building up a story in terms of an album. Yes, uh, ab absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of albums, how many albums have you produced since you mentioned you are a, you know, a producer and all that stuff? Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, sorry. I was, I was about to rephrase the question. How many, how many because you, uh, as a producer, you also produce other work. So how many produce, like how much stuff have you produced for yourself as your, uh, uh, for your 60-bit uh, Wanderer uh, stuff? But also, how many stuff have you produced just re regularly as a uh, producer? 
Um, usually, when it comes to like, luckily, I, honestly, a lot of my collaborative efforts are with you know people that I've met out in New York City. Um, uh, Shogun, I've done a lot of stuff for him, and rightfully so, we've kind of developed our styles together, especially out there. Um, worked with another friend out there, Hassan, who's slowly building up his stuff. He hasn't completely released everything uh, yet. I've also worked with uh, Devonte Forbes, uh, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. Uh, he he's fantastic, and just yeah, I like working with him. But uh, yeah, as far as like full projects of other people's, I've got like certain things like in the works, but it's mainly been like singles and stuff like like that for now. And um, it's been it's been really really fun and getting to be a, moving from Hawaii to being in New York was why I was able to kind of get into the collaborative effort on that instead of just kind of doing it in my group of friends around here. Uh, speaking of singles, is it much more harder to do, I mean, uh, in, in your ex expertise, what is the most, uh, excuse me, what is the most like easiest thing to do? Is it to do like an EP thing where it's just like just a couple of singles, or is it just uh, trying to produce a full album, which is a sense and trying to get that out? Which you know, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it, that's what I'm trying to. Say. So I was like, what's the difference? Like the, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, but um, yeah, yeah. When it comes to like creating like a full blown project, to me, EPs get the job done in a really condensed way because I'm very punk rock in the sense that I don't like an album being you know a couple hours or like you know super super epic and long unless it like needs to be like you mentioned Dream Theater and like Pink Floyd like those albums justify their length because of like what's going into them you know and I, I feel like a lot of artists in like R&B and hip-hop nowadays release like these crazy long albums but don't have like a substance or like a backbone to it to like support it through that whole like if you're gonna listen to it you're just gonna hear a lot of the same stuff and yeah so for me keeping it short and sweet and condensed uh but easy to understand and good for people to like come back to and repeat is, is always my goal when it comes to creating stuff so I, I stick to eps um but sometimes that can be just as much work it really depends on like the scope of it like the the ep that i'm currently working on with a buddy of mine sean uh we are uh it, it's taken us a long time to just kind of formulate all these things and get these other things together and communicate and of course like with corona things have changed and all that good stuff but yeah um that's usually like my philosophies i like to keep it short and sweet so eps uh singles sometimes but like with the beat tapes and like the, the eps i i keep it usually like nine to ten songs max and just kind of need to say what I need to say. Ah, okay. Uh, are these singles also, uh, because of it's, because it's an EP and not like a full album, are these singles a lot more condensed or is it just like almost, almost like an album, but still not like an album is, are they literally like two to three minutes or are they, or are they like almost like four minutes, five minutes? EPs, EPs can be like an album because it really depends. It's usually like five or six tracks, sometimes even more. Like I've seen like eight or nine tracks on an EP. And oftentimes I do feel like you can get, if the 
the artist's intention behind it is to get something across, they can because it is more condensed. You know, you have the audience's attention for that, like that amount of time, like usually like 15 minutes, 20 minutes for like an, you know, for like an EP. And that's a nice little bite-sized thing. Like if you're going to work, if you're going, you know, anywhere you can listen to it and, you know, have someone digest it and really get what you're trying to convey a little bit more. But full albums are great. I just feel like with those, you really need to have your scope and your ideas set. Now, you mentioned equipment before and you mentioned computer. What type of equipment do you use in terms of creating and crafting this music? Do you use uh, a certain program on on your computer, or or do you have physical stuff that you use and you use your computer to control, like to uh, like record all that stuff? Was it like a mixture of uh, a mixture mixture of things? It is it is a mixture of things actually, um, because my I have Logic Pro on my computer, which I can record things, but it has like preset, like synths and keyboards and things like that. I usually find the drums on the internet. I like I, I search for drum samples. I'm always looking for like a good sounding drum sample, um, and usually I create those on my own. Like I find you know just the things separately and then make my own beat. And then when it comes to everything else, if it, I can, I've done sampling. I've taken you know, my guitar riffs and recorded them because I have, like, you know, all my guitars and things like that. And have a, I do have, like, a, a, a mini keyboard and an MPC pad. Like, I, I have a bunch of things just to kind of give me the feel, um, though I've worked with a lot less for a lot longer. <laughs> this has been a long time coming to, like, get to this, get to this point. But, um, yeah, it, it is always a mixture of things. I don't like to kind of stick to one thing. I dig analog equipment way too much to just stick to digital all the time. <laughs> hey, uh, now, <laughs> mentioned Corona before, and we and it's sort of like the elephant room, but Corona, oh, has, yeah. Corona has essentially kind of uh, hurt the entertainment community in more ways than one. Not only is uh, my bread and butter, which is theater, kind of like crippled for now because there's shows that are essentially closing on Broadway, you know, especially musicals, that's all that stuff. It, yeah, well, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I know that New York City is finally reopening. And, well, not finally, finally reopening, but in their phase one of, like, reopening everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of pre and post uh, coronavirus, how was studio spaces were for you? Were studios always good for you? beforehand or have you used studio spaces during this time now and like where do you see yourself still doing that do you still use do you want to use studio spaces or just figure out a way to do this like this by yourself in your own room somewhere you know soundproof padding around you doing your own little thing microphone right here almost like a voiceover artist that sort of thing yeah um it's what's funny is I know there are a bunch of a bunch of studios in the state of Hawaii, but on the Big Island there are only a few, um, unfortunately that I, I've uh, I'm aware of, but haven't really been able to afford. So honestly, all the music I've recorded, even up until this point, has just been in my room in either this space or a different space. Just like um, just doing that, I'm definitely what you would classify as like a bedroom producer or whatever, but. 
you know, that's just, just the way that I've got it done and the way that I've learned. And luckily my job is with live events. So I get to kind of apply what I learned and learn new things and, you know, kind of benefit each, each one. But yeah, especially out here in Hawaii, it's, it's, it's a bit different. Uh, shows aren't as frequent, things like that aren't as frequent, uh, especially for the, the specific genre that I'm aiming for. Now that you mentioned yeah. Hawaii, I do want to mention, I do want to ask you something. You are a uh, Hawaiian, right? No, Hawaiian is definitely not the word to use because uh, to be Hawaiian is something really not not a privilege but you it is it is a blood thing it is like a race thing um so yeah i'm from hawaii but we don't call ourselves hawaii we just say that we're from hawaii because i i get that like you know the new yorker the californian like that's where you guys are coming from but it was really interesting to kind of explain that like no that like don't don't call just anyone hawaiian like you have to make sure that they actually do have it in their blood because it is like a serious a serious thing out here okay my fault no, 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 no worries. I, I always enjoy explaining it to people and educating because that's one thing that people kind of need to do out here a lot more often. I'll probably cut that part out just during editing. Uh, <laughs> uh, just on my part alone. Uh, but yeah. All on good, a, all good. <laughs> on Hawaii, though, uh, you mentioned live events. What is actually the. And you mentioned. Hawaii has like very limited events maybe or something like that like conchas I assume when you do go see conchas there you kind of get inspiration sort of like that are there very it's like but give me like almost not like a day-by-day -day operate like basis but like a day but give me like a moment of your time of what you do essentially do as your profession there Okay, so essentially, with Hawaii, uh, the, 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 I live on the Big Island, which is not like Oahu. It doesn't have like a city. It doesn't have like a lot of the the stuff that Oahu has, which is another island that a lot of people just assume is Hawaii because that's what's on TV. That's you know Hawaii Five O, all that kind of stuff. Like that's where it's shot. And yeah, um, Oahu has a great music scene. Has a great you know like a great outlet for this kind of stuff but where i live it, it especially where i used to live like just getting into like making music it's very like a country like mountain town and so there was only small numbers of us just getting together and trying to get these events going and that kind of stuff and eventually you know it did kind of simmer down and there are still events that go on here and there are still shows there are still like things like that but it it's more geared toward different audiences you know there's there is like stuff for rock fans and stuff like that but it is a very heavy reggae demographic here and not that that's bad i i do love me some reggae but it's just that is the the main thing that you're gonna find here no matter what if that's what you're into it's a great great place to just experience it um but yeah and usually when i go out to shows like that it's it is um good but luckily i got into doing live sound even like for theaters you know like uh, I used to do sound over here for a theater and it kind of uh, eventually branched off into me finding a job doing it for like weddings and parties and things like that so I got into live sound like through that that way and so like I said I was able to kind of take what I've learned doing like logic and 
learning how to do mixing and compressing and all the technical stuff on there and like apply it to real situations and how to adjust and learn on the fly, especially in the theater, that can be some hair pulling stuff. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> as I'm sure you know. Yeah, trust me. Working behind, <laughs> working behind the scenes, working behind the scenes in theater, it's a stressful job, but it's a fun job. Yes. Much more, much more, less stressful than working in front of the house. I'll just tell you that. As an usher, trust me. Uh, yeah, I, I believe it. <laughs> Uh, but like theater, music does have a great connection base, and you've mentioned a few artists here out in New York City. Uh, have you met any artists that kind of like, I wouldn't, well, have you met like any like well-known independent artists or work with independent artists, that sort of thing, especially around that area? Because you mentioned uh, you are currently in Hawaii, but you also went you know kind of like almost uh you're kind of like almost based out of new york too so yeah have you met anyone essentially that were essentially music based in, in terms of uh, especially as producer too because i know as producer you know you probably got a lot of people who say hey i'm doing a new album could you help me like promote it that sort of thing yeah in terms of i get out in terms of like maybe networking it's like how do you see okay that yeah this is a good question is like how do you network between essentially one time zone which is right now where i'm recording this like seven o'clock at night this is probably like one o'clock in the afternoon yeah yeah absolutely so, it's 103 right now <laughs> between the time zone difference especially in you know from not only from hawaii to new york but also say you you know, even someplace in like maybe Germany or even France, something like that, where it's probably right. close to midnight over there, or maybe even closer. To you know, how do you deal with not only the time zone differences, but <laughs> something I was like, I was like, is that me? I know that I live near. Yeah, sorry, I do live near the near the the road, so you're going to hear some stuff every now and then. <laughs> That's a good, uh, the, the, the magic of the actual taping thing. You know? this is the yeah, right. But <laughs> my question exactly. is, due to the time zone differences and all that stuff, how, do, how are you able to essentially connect with people who are essentially in one time zone where you're in essentially in a time zone that's almost like six hours in the past? <laughs> yeah, that, that that's... That's the, it's interesting and proved to be very interesting, especially when I moved back from New York. Um, but honestly, just staying in communication, I, everyone that I talk to, like Mel and Hassan, everyone like understands that there's that difference. And sometimes they don't understand just how much of a difference. But yeah, no, they, they do get that I may not respond on, on time or if they send me something at like seven or eight in the morning, their time, you know, they understand that it's super, super early for me. And so, yeah, it, it's just understanding those grounds and doing that. I, I work with people in Portland too. It, luckily just having Instagram and having, you know, social media has just made it easier to connect with people and stay connected to people and continue to support their work and have them support my work and, 
all that kind of stuff. I, actually, one of the people that I'm working with in Portland is from Italy originally. Yeah, so it, it's it's really really cool how like you do slowly kind of get things around in the world. I do have a friend in Germany as well who's involved with music out there, and yeah, like I just have friends all over, and it's it's really cool and. Just trying to stay connected is honestly the best way to go about it. Like sometimes it's not about music, you know, just being friendly and just being human about it is, is good. But also just reaching out and be like, oh, I want you on this or I want you on this or do you yeah. want to work together on this? And it's really easy once you get to that like level with, with, a, with a person. So do you have any like, I feel like this is an odd question, but do you, uh, because do you have any defining moments for you yet? Or are you still like working to find that defining moment? I definitely working to define that defining moment, but I would say that uh, from when I started doing this to now, I have certainly evolved and all the imagery and all the way that I'm learning how to tell my story has changed. And I think where I'm at now with, you know, where I'm at like the posting on Instagram and even my music and the way that I'm able to to get things out, like I'm at a level where I'm kind of happy that, you know, I don't feel like I've had my defining moment yet. Like I feel like now I'm ready for the world to really like catch on and, you know, see me for who I am, you know? And that's, that's, that's been a very empowering feeling and something I've obviously been able to kind of develop while I've worked on things during this crazy quarantine time and yeah you just i've certainly made the best of best of it but i feel like my defining moment has yet to come for sure now you mentioned instagram before and don't worry i will get to that portion later <laughs> but in terms of social media which platform have you found to be most uh i guess most expressive because people use Instagram, people still, there are people who use Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, TikTok, uh, SoundCloud, uh, LinkedIn, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, like, in, and especially since nowadays, anybody who wants to be somebody, they usually post their stuff on Instagram, that sort of thing, or SoundCloud. Yeah. In, in your experience, uh, which social media platform do you feel has like the most impact in terms of not only um coverage but also just like easy just like easy access okay um for me personally i i think instagram is fantastic i think i mean obviously when they don't fuck with the algorithms that 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 is is nice you know but i i honestly for me personally, like I, I've been able to do all the things that I've been able to, to want and say and get out and visually present on Instagram more so than Twitter and Facebook, even though I know Twitter, I would honestly consider like the king as far as like people interacting and people responding and people, you know, getting people's attention. Like everyone responds to like Twitter and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I, I've stuck to Instagram, did the SoundCloud thing for a bit and just I enjoyed the format, but didn't didn't feel like I was really able to convey like what I want to do visually. So Instagram has a little has the best of both worlds, where I can do still images, videos, you know, just hop in and out of things that I I, I enjoy. Yeah, you just you just mentioned a good uh, uh you just mentioned SoundCloud. Uh, 
in terms of your experience, because I've actually used SoundCloud in the past, mostly to upload my okay. stuff. Mostly to upload my stuff on Clash, you know, as you do, because, you know, we couldn't use YouTube for some reason, even though it would be the mm. most logic choice. Even though it would be the most logic choice to upload your thing to YouTube and just, like, right. privatize it to say, hey, this is Clash, no one to see, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sort of thing. But uh, do you see a lot more people still using Sunk? Like, I, I guess... The category is called SoundCloud rappers or SoundCloud yeah. musicians, something that sort of thing. Do you still yeah. do you still interact or do you still find people who are essentially SoundCloud musicians like every now and then, or has that like fad sort of like died down after like say several years? Because I know SoundCloud musicians were a big hit maybe a few years ago, but yeah. when I'm what but now people. Are becoming a lot more popular on something like TikTok now, which is essentially yes. similar to the same thing. Where it's like, oh, you you, know, you people make like almost like a minute or two things, and they put a lot of work in it, compared to people who just put in their stuff for like you know SoundCloud, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so the SoundCloud, I there is still definitely a niche for people who have that sound for like the SoundCloud thing, like people who get put into that niche, the mumble rap or whatever you want to call it. Like um, that whole like sect of artists do still exist and still thrive on SoundCloud because SoundCloud is still very much a popular thing, especially after Chance the Rapper got as big as he did and started pushing SoundCloud and doing that. But for me personally, yeah, I use Bandcamp now. Um, I did it in the very beginning and I do now and actually that's how I was able to kind of host it as a website because they just offer more as far as like creativity as far as like making your music how you present your music and then the community in general in Bandcamp is just usually very open and very accepting and I don't know I, I have a good time interacting with people on um, that yeah. format um, but yeah yeah as far as people yeah, that that kind of stuff is still very much a thing, and I've met a few people that fit into that category, and they are. It, it's interesting working with them because they look at things very differently sometimes, <laughs> and I'll put it like that. <laughs> uh, do you see your? Uh, do you see seeing a business kind of, in terms of like say independent uh, music things, the independent mm -hmm. music, especially now. Uh, where do you see like the business like really really booming? Uh, do you see people who are like posting their snippets on like Instagram who are still using bank? Uh, I mean, who are still using SoundCloud, Bandcamp, or even something like TikTok, or even even going old school with this like posting snippets on their Snapchat and having people listen to theirs? Like, yeah. Like, do you still see that Instagram is like the more key area for? exposure and coverage or is there something else do you think could be much more of a credited to coverage and exposure i would say that for like like i was saying earlier for me it's a i like instagram as a personal preference but i know that like twitter is probably like where you're gonna get more of that exposure because you just have more people on it that are more active and more people that interact and more people that are sharing. Um, so, I mean, person, like I said, I don't, I don't have one personally, but I know for a fact that that is definitely where 
people thrive if that's like what you want to do, whether it be making videos or whatever. Um, YouTube actually is a really good one for like lo-fi and things like that. Like a lot of the instrumentals that I like to work on, uh, just because you put like anime visuals or some kind of visual on it like that, and that works. And I've fallen in love with a lot of music, just finding pages that are dedicated to like making visuals for things. and. That's actually what I feel is really strong on Instagram and why I feel as far as like for lo-fi music and things like that sticking to like Instagram and even SoundCloud and YouTube and scouring and even doing things like Blogspot or, you know, just finding blogs, Reddit, things like that. Uh, those are the ways to, to really go, you know? Uh... I feel right now I only have like only like technically two questions left, but I can always expand crap out of those two. But no worries, no worries. <laughs> uh, in terms of future, not not future uh, the the musician, but future as in like, wait, <laughs> like actual. Uh, yes, right? yes, it's good to clarify. <laughs> yeah, uh, what can you what can we expect from you in the future, like in the coming future? All right. Well, actually, there's a lot coming, actually. Um, there's a new EP that's going to be dropping with in the next couple of months. I don't have a for sure date yet because me and my uh, the, the, someone actually produced this album. So it's actually not produced by me. It's the first time I've ever taken that like endeavor and let someone else kind of handle it and get it back to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's my buddy, Sean. Um, and he's been working really hard on all the instrumentals and all the, the vocals that I put into it. And so that'll be getting done here in a couple months. And um, after that, I have another project that I've got produced, planned to, to release as well. Um, also with my buddy, Sean, who's gonna be uh, supplying like just bass. It's gonna be more like, I wanna say Motown, like very 70s vibe I'm going for. And then after that is gonna be an instrumental beat tape and yeah i'm just gonna keep going from there uh, but as of right now those are the things planned for the rest of my 2020. nice uh hopefully uh, everything will go smoothly and and well i don't know uh, <laughs> right exactly like everything will go smoothly at the, for the rest of the year so right and uh i can't wait to actually hear all this stuff because you know as i said Previously, I'm not a musician person, but I know my music, so that, there you go. Uh, right, right, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, I, I, for my last question, do you have any advice for people who are listening slash watching on this somehow, wherever I'm doing this in terms of the actual format? Because uh, this is my second episode, folks. I have yet to figure out the format. Um, well, if you're watching this, you figured it out already. But if you listen to this, you figured it out already. But right now, <laughs> I'm still, as of right now, unsure what the format is. So to those who are listening slash watching or both, uh, do you have any advice? When it comes to your art, no matter what it is, music, you know, theater, you know, actual physical, like, you know, drawing and, you know, painting and Things like don't don't hinder yourself by being a perfectionist. I believe like we actually had a conversation the conversation prior how you were mentioning like Adobe Premiere and how you were, you know, you felt like you didn't like know it as well and things like that. But honestly, the more you do it, the more you just apply yourself and get yourself into it. 
the, the better it's going to come out. Like, I didn't start off sounding super great either when it comes to singing, when it comes to making music, playing guitar. You know, you always have that rough period. Uh, a lot of people put themselves through the rain just, like, learning to get to the point where you need to get in order to just create or whatever. And so, yeah, don't overthink it. Have fun with it. But don't let people take you as a joke. Take yourself seriously. And, you know, just have have that drive and just don't don't stop don't tell yourself to stop and don't stop because someone told you if you enjoy it keep doing it uh especially if people have and especially and especially since i know both and like i said before it's odd because both music and theater are almost very interlinked yeah they're very connected in a way because not only is music musicals a big thing in theater but uh, business-wise, they almost have like a, a similar format to each other, especially uh, yes, especially getting yourself over as an artist uh, in terms of. Uh, to those who want to know what over is, you, you have to as, a, as a Russian term. Okay, I'm a. I'm a <laughs> we were both exactly. I get exactly what you're saying. No worries. Over essentially means like how well you're selling. In terms of the audience, so if the crowd loves you, you're over. So that's the, but essentially, it, it's odd how essentially how much music and theater are actually very essentially interlinked with each other because they almost are like shadows yeah. to each other because you have people who are. Uh, you have you have the same the type of people who you'll probably see in theater in music at the same time you probably have the person who believes they're hot shit or think they're like a top town thing and they turns out they have like a very so-so voice or so-so um uh acting a town or then you yeah have, and then you have like maybe a roadie slat or or in theater term a stagehand who actually does a lot of work behind the scenes yeah. and they're producing their own stuff or writing their own stuff, or acting in a very side thing, you know, like in some club somewhere, like that's like somewhere between, uh, you know, in New York terms, like say, like 14th Street or something like that, in the Bowery, mm -hmm. some, something like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Forming a club somewhere in the Bowery, and the club itself is like very rinky dinky, that sort of thing, and they're getting paid for like maybe $20, $30, or something like that, just to. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. odd how both, even though I'm not, uh, I don't know why I keep reading this, but I'm, even though I'm not a musician, it's, it's odd and it's how, it's also pretty great that music and theater are essentially interlinked, like, wait, viv uh, vividly. Uh, in, yes. In terms of that, do you see, like, music and theater just being continually like that, or is it just going to be like, or because at some point there's gonna be at some point there's no more there's there's probably gotta be a point in life where there's no more there's no more plays it's just gonna be musical 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 all that stuff you know cast albums galore that sort of thing <laughs> yeah yeah do you see essentially a cross promotion between not only theater but with music in general with other things like like where do you see the cross promotion happening with music just in terms of the next 
I'll just say in the next decade or so, especially with the coronavirus happening too, so because a lot of things have been essentially, uh, uh, there's a lot of things that are stopped because of the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, not having a crowd is a is a huge, huge deal, and yeah, it's funny. I, I, I very like I was on the outside looking in for a long time when it comes to theater. Like I didn't have like a an opinion on it and when I finally got a glimpse into it by meeting people and yeah just meeting people um it was really enlightening and it is I, I saw how intertwined it is and it's been like that way longer than we've been around so I don't even think it's it's not gonna stop it you're gonna have people who are either famous musicians that jump and do like a musical or you'll have like a like a, you know um like someone like Famous, like the guy, I'm forgetting his name, and, it's, and everyone in theater is going to hate me for it, but the, the guy who, who's famous for Hamilton. Lynn Morrell. Lynn Morrell. Uh, oh, man, I'm... <laughs> sorry, Lynn, if you happen to happen to watch this one day, I'm so, so sorry. Well, this <laughs> this one day, I'm so, so sorry. But Lynn Miranda, uh, but Lynn Miranda, the guy who created Hamilton in the Heights, uh, a lot of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. How he he was able to branch off and do like you know Moana and do something like that. Like I feel like theater is always going to have its way, like in things, whether it be you know songs in Disney movies or movies like that, um, or whether it just be music in general and people just having a respect for it on both ends. Like people in the music business love people in the theater business and vice versa. So I don't think that's something that's ever going to to actually change and in the future with with things it's going to be interesting it really is going to be interesting how like big events change and how things like that change and i don't really know if people on broadway would be interested in seeing you know like a completely filmed broadway play you know it's kind of like pro wrestling you don't want to see the filmed match you want to be there and you want to see the live thing play out and see how these people do it live and so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, and as of right now, I can't. I don't have a bold prediction. I do believe that they will come back, but honestly, the idea of having things be filmed and having things be, you know, strictly that isn't isn't too far too far fetched. I mean, even out here, there there were like some musicals that you know did get their 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 you know entire performance filmed in different angles and with you know some certain effects and things like that and uh i i'm glad that they haven't gone that route completely you know because the art is in the performance itself and i feel like they understand and respect that a lot more than other industries do but yeah um i i'm happy i will be happy to see where it goes no matter what you know as far as like what i'm doing you know my music they're streaming that's completely taken over and as far as that goes, uh, you, you know, I can just do a Skype performance or a Zoom performance or a YouTube live performance and, you know, still get over with people. But, you know, for me personally, because my work is very heavily based on fiction, like I'm my my idea for playing live was always different in the first place. But, yeah, that, my prediction is sorry to trail off there. But, yeah, oh, no. I would definitely certainly say that, like, my prediction is that it's going to start up slow and it'll be kind of hesitant. And if things get worse, if there's like another 
outbreak, then yeah, I would say you might start seeing musicals still happen and be produced, but be more like a production. You know what I mean? Like a, with the with film and camera and sets, and yeah. it almost being more like you know, like a TV thing. And with that, I conclude episode two, I believe. Yeah, this is episode two of Performing the Arts. Thank you once again, 60-Bit Wanderer, a.k.a. Blaine. Um, if I, I, I hope I was pronouncing correctly. Yeah, no, you, you're, you're on it. And it's just, it's funny, too, because your accent, the way you say 64-Bit Wanderer, is, is, is very interesting. But that's just me. <laughs> it's a New York thing. I have a way of saying certain words. So. It's, all, it's all good. It's all good, but I appreciate it. Oh, and thank and, you for having me. And... Now that I remember it, what is that uh, social media account I need you to X to uh, plug up? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, Twitter account. What did you put? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, it's Instagram.com slash uh, or at 64BitWanderer. And that is the same with YouTube. Uh, my main website is just 64BitWanderer.com. It's nothing complicated. It's usually pretty straightforward. So, yeah, 64BitWanderer.com. And that will get you to all my music. And it will take you to SoundCloud if that's what your your deal is, or Spotify, whatever your deal is. Just come check it out. You know, you'll know you'll like it. <laughs> and with that, everyone else, enjoy your rest of your time. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Uh, me trailing off somewhere, but otherwise, enjoy your rest of the day, folks. Mm-hmm.